Sorry, was editing an interview. Steel Man, I'm sorry. I was using your lab for a little bit. Kind of like Steely's little lab over there. Have you gone in there and worked? Have you done any any work in there? I work sometimes. Huh. I'm really impressed. I'm able to... I, I This is what I was able to accomplish in Steel Man's lab this morning. Welcome into the Plank Show. It is a Thursday right here on The Ref. And I'm in studio. Let's go. Ah! Typically at Cavens, but Steelman's got us covered today from noon to two. And by the way, I'm a little bit hurt. I'm a little bit hurt because there's a part of me that feels like since today was Jessica Cavens' birthday, that Gary's birthday gift to Jessica was that she wouldn't have to worry about hearing me do a radio show in our Cavens studios. Do you think there could be some truth to that? What a birthday gift. Happy birthday, Jess. Listen, for your birthday... We're not going to have Plank today. She's like, oh, thank you. Happy birthday, Jessica. No, no, no. Um, so with Steel Man's lab, Steel Man, there's, there's two production studios here. And kudos, I think, to, to, to Drake and the crew that, that set up that, that secondary studio. It's, it has everything you need. Because of that, we were able to secure Jim Nagy on a surprise sooner. That's in the Reese's Senior Bowl picture. Because everyone thinks, right, Eric Gray, Brayden Willis, maybe a Deshaun White. I'm, I'm sure, there, but there's, I got a surprise for you, Josh, from Jim Nagy at the Senior Bowl coming up a little bit later on. I like surprises. See, no one else in my family does. That's sooner why, surprises. That's that's how sooner. There's you think there's just sooner in suits. No, no, no. There's sooner surprises coming yeah. up a little bit later on. Um, I I talked with Andrew Marchand from the New York Post, and I posed my earth shattering, groundbreaking idea for college football, foosball, Bobby, and he shot it down. But not in a bad way. I think that there is another avenue whenever people are talking about revenue slash TV rights slash an Amazon or an Apple Plus getting in the game. By the way, I just want to make a prediction. I don't think I don't think Apple Plus should be in that rights game. I don't think they're very good. I don't think they're very good at sports. It's like, guys, take your TV stuff with baseball, and that's fine, but don't need you dealing with the Sunday ticket, right? I I don't need you trying to to get in the world of college football. Just you know, do do your shows that a handful of people like. Do your Ted Lasso that everyone seems to like, and just that that be that your thing. Don't your sports production. I'm spoiled, right? Because I watch Apple TV Plus. What are they doing during baseball? But we'll, we'll get to my idea for any of those entities. Kind of shot down, but I think there is room for it. It did not get the Marchand signature. Andrew high. Marchand, I don't want to say he wasn't a fan, but I, I just I, I would say that the possibilities of it very minimalized. Basically, he said, uh, yeah, let's yeah, get out no. of fantasy land. Appreciate it. But here's a good two-minute answer to make you feel better about it. That's great. Bless yeah. the future of the Big 12 rights. And listen, I when a term is used like extension, 
on what the Big 12 is doing with its TV rights right now. Whenever you hear a t- when you hear extension to a current deal. And when we're talking about the Big 12 TV media rights deal, excuse me, and I hear the term extension, I automatically think what? Huh. If you're maybe kind of changing up this current deal, the only person that has told us for certain that OU and Texas are sticking around until 2025, while both schools, both schools have been pretty uh, bullish on the fact that they aren't leaving early because that's what they're supposed to say. Who's to say that this extension might not lead to uh, peace, we'll see you later. But I love it, man. I, I love these types of conversations. They're probably better suited for a June afternoon, but by God, this is going on now, and this affects potentially Oklahoma. So I got a little Andrew Marchand. Plus, all this just from spending some time in Steelman's lap. We'll go one-on-one with Jeff Woody from Cyclone Fanatic to learn about Iowa State on the program today. Very cool. But at 9.09 on the Plank Show, I want to say good morning, Josh. How are, you, how are you on this Thursday? Is this night three straight days in studio? Let's go. So fun. It's setting up for the disaster that's going to be the attempt to do a show on the road Friday. Right? <laughs> we're just getting all this happiness out of the way right we're, now. We're going to be in a good mood today because tomorrow we'll probably be yelling at each other. <laughs> Why can't you stay connected? No, I was good, man. Had a had a nice Wednesday night. And how was how was yours, my friend? Um, I want to start with an apology about last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an absolute blast calling the. I keep wanting, now this morning that it's over, instead of Battle Series, for some reason my mind has moved on to Bedlam Series. But I've had an absolute blast calling the Battle Series. It was it was really cool. Uh, I hope and I think that if numbers continue to be the way, and I don't know if they will, right? I don't know if Patty Gasso consistently will be able to have the numbers to just do nothing but interest squads for fall ball and then injuries too. But, but I think it's a really cool deal for the future, right? You think about something that sets the fall schedule apart. Well, do you want to go watch Oklahoma beat West Texas, uh, Commerce, A&M, Eastern, beat whatever? Beat the snot out of Wichita, State. Yeah, 105-2. to two. Or would you like to see the Big 12 Pitcher of the Year slash National Freshman of the Year square off with the Pac-12 freshman of the year because that's what this roster looks like right now. But it was awesome. Battle Series was great. I hope everyone that went out enjoyed it. Um, everyone that put it together did a great job around it. And for me, it's kind of, it's kind of funny thinking about softball. I, I've, I've never called fall games. I've done maybe one or two, right? And for the most part, fall ball to me was something that was going on and you know, there might be responsibilities for for football or, or or maybe there's this thing called family time that I might want to enjoy every now and then. But this year, with, with the, the Battle Series, it kind of sucked us all in, and it was really cool. And they did a I, – I would start thanking people, right? I mean, not like, thank you to – I don't have any right to thank anyone, but just from someone who was entertained by it, you know, thanks to JT and Coach and, and Coach Rocha, that entire staff, you know, Jackie, but – you know, I, I, I do, in all of the excitement of it, I do have to say sorry, Josh. 
because the game was over last night. And I was sitting around and I was kind of talking about the broadcast. I, I appreciate how Coach Gasso wants the best broadcast possible. So after the game, she might go over notes with her players, but she'll she'll check me very quickly too. Heard you said this. By the way, I'm totally kidding. Here come the the four guys that hate me doing the game. Yeah, that's right. Coach would tell you to get your walking papers, buddy. Get out of here. Anyway, as we're sitting there, I was talking about, hey, just I want to give you guys a heads up. I was murdering those umpires in that game. I mean, just outside of Bubba Ewald, who I felt like he came in later in the game. <laughs> I felt like there was like this wave of different umpires that were in that game last night. And, you know, Bubba, he's one of the best in the game. But – they blew like three calls that weren't even close, Josh. And I had promised Nicole that, hey, listen, we're not going to complain about the umpires in the in the fall season. But these were egregious misses. And I think the funniest thing in all of it is that the players, whenever they would have those missed calls, would jump up and start doing the the headphones thing. And you're like, it's it's fall ball. There's there's no <laughs> there's no review monitor to go check out. But I was talking to someone after the game as well. And I'm like, hey, you know, so kind of got on the officials last night a little bit. It was, it was all in good fun. but And and then they were laying out how, oh, yeah, we'll see those. A couple of those might – it might have been for them a little bit of a trial. Could have been maybe that they're leveled up. It's fall ball. You know, you're not necessarily going to have an all Big 12 and all Pac-12 crew out there. Yeah, Bubby Walton, he's he's a fantastic umpire. But like, for instance, that guy out there, this might be the first game that he's ever called as an umpire at the college level. And I'm like, oh. And I'm just imagining this dude be like, Mom, Dad, you gotta watch ESPN Plus tonight. I'm I I I'm umpiring an Oklahoma Sooner softball game. They're like, oh son, we're so proud of you. And, like, his first call, here's the play-by-play guy that's like, that's the worst call I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Absolute trash. I mean, this weird – and I think I even said, where'd this guy come from? So I just wanted off the top to apologize to the uh, first base, and I think he also blew a call in third. Third base umpire from last night. Uh, unfortunately, I think it was the same guy, Josh, because I wasn't fully aware – that maybe this was a trial session, but um, my bad. And maybe it's time for you to look into another line of work because you are just not good at this. But with that in mind, I, I felt bad. That I, was like the Kirk Ferentz apology right, right there. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you that I'm very sorry, but you know, at least I don't have to be you. I mean, at least I don't have to worry about I could be that guy, right? The only thing that Kirk Ferentz missed in his apology was that he had ranches or he would have completely. <laughs> I just wanted to say, you know, I – Whatever. But no, no, I just don't like your tone. In all seriousness, I'm not even kidding. It, the umpires did a fine job last night. I just I could not believe because Jordy had been given so much grief about beating out an infield single, right? That she did it and was safe by a step, and the dude called her out. So yeah, and then I want to say, I want to say Haley Lee was safe at third on a play. By at least a good step, she had slid in and was well in the bag before the tag, and they called her out. So, yeah, I, I'm sorry, dude. You it's did a packed a re- house. You pressure. did a really good job last night. I'm sorry that I was a curmudgeon. History, too, Josh. First ever intra-squad exhibition game to go extra innings. 
which had your boy pretty happy at about 8.30 last night after. I'm sure. You could ask Joey about that one. <laughs> Joey was up in the booth. But it all it was all, you know, for good fun. It's As Mindy put it on the broadcast, these fans have gone to enough games that end after five. It's okay to add a to add an extra inning for them. A lot of kids were out there, so it was cool. Quick fall ball takeaway. Everybody calm down about Grace Lyons. She was there. Um, in fact, I had talked to Grace before the game and just want to make sure the the official statement. Uh, Grace had arm soreness. She's taking some time off to let it heal. She'll be back for the spring. So that everybody calm down. Oh, was there. My gosh. I would love to show you. I've never had more direct messages from people I don't know than last week whenever Grace wasn't in the starting lineup. It is I've never seen anything like it in my life. So, good stuff. Fun times. Grace is back. Well, Grace will be back for the fall, uh, for the spring. And what were the biggest highlights? And then, to the things that stood out, um, I don't think Alex Straco is 100%, so I wouldn't panic. I'm just kind of the sense that I get. I think she's been dealing with a few things, and she kind of aggra- uh, aggravated what looked to be an an ankle or a, or a foot or something of that nature. So uh, I wouldn't panic too much. They're gonna be so good. I I just I can't think of any other way to put it. Sydney Sanders to me to your boy looks like she locked up first. Looks like Alyssa Brito is locked up third. I think there is a battle going on for two of the three outfield spots, though. Riley Boone had a great – she had a great battle series. So, in my mind, I kind of think left field and DP. Josh, I feel like they go about five deep at catcher. It's – I mean, (laughs) literally, you got Kenzie Hansen. You got the freshman Jocelyn Erickson, right? You got Haley Lee. You got Sophia Nugent. I mean, I think if necessary, Jordy Ball could catch. How about Jordy Ball playing a little third and second last night, too? Uh, I think I said this before. I think you're going to see Jordy hit a lot more. What was the line we used a couple weeks ago? I think she'll end up with more at-bats in the opening weekend than she had the entire season last year. I think she's got a chance. She'll hit when she pitches. She may even factor into the DP spot. She hits the ball hard. Um, Alina Torres sometimes gets lost in the mix with the newcomers, but you know I think I think she's in that battle still with Alyssa Brito at third, and if it's not third, I think she's in that battle with Haley Lee, Hannah Core, um, herself to to play left field. What else? Jocelyn Erickson. Ah. See, here's a text that just came in. Jocelyn Erickson needs to be in the lineup somewhere solid. Yeah, I I I agree. I agree. But I just don't know where. <laughs> Not mean, a bad problem to have. Right? Uh, that's the thing. Mate, uh, Jocelyn Jocelyn's really impressive behind the plate. She's a left-handed catcher. She picked off a girl on second last night. She picked off I think it was Brito. I was having the hardest time with Brito Lee and Torres, and they were hitting back-to-back-to-back, and they were all on the same team. But for some reason, I was just having the hardest time differentiating the three. It's like, okay, is that Brito? 
so uh, sorry, but Brito was really looked really good last night too. Yeah, it's fall ball for everyone. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, no fun night, fun night, and uh, I'm glad and, and grateful for everyone that came out. And I I am sorry to that first base umpire. Thank you. He had a rough night. I felt I felt really bad. Looking back on it when I got home, I was like, ah, after all the information I had taken and after the game, it's like I'm a terrible person. But I'm a terrible person who got to watch eight innings of the best two teams in college softball square off against each other. A terrible person who came in this morning, acknowledged a mistake, and apologized. And moved on from it. <laughs> All right, quick break. Now, you're, we'll, play, we'll play show kind of Yahtzee when we come back. You choose. Because we can dive into what Jim Nagy had to say about the Sooners and the surprise potential Senior Bowl invite. We can touch on the future Big 12 TV contract if you want, or we can start diving all in to Iowa State. It's a busy Thursday. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Oh, my gosh, I forgot other things we have on the show today, like our Thursday worries, courtesy of Realtor Chris, and we'll be tearing the Big 12 a little bit later on in the program. And I don't, I don't know. Last week was an interesting week in our tiering process. And I don't know if much will change in the eyes of Josh outside of maybe dropping Texas. Yeah. Everybody bit. stinks and. TC is number one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, no. It's a, uh, there'll be what, some shifting. By the way, real quick. What is your feel on Kansas State, Oklahoma State this weekend? Does it all depend on Adrian Martinez's availability? I think Kansas State's going to win. Really? I do. Because I think Adrian Martinez is going to play. Well, so you're Mike Gundy. Yes. <laughs> you're Mike Gundy's guy. Oh, he's going to play. I called up there and I talked to him, so he's going to play. He was pretty good. <laughs> um, I think they might I, – I wouldn't pick them to win with Will Howard, but after what I saw versus TCU, he was pretty impressive. I heard this analogy used on Will Howard. He looked like a guy that knew he was going to play. He looked like a guy that had prepared like he was going to play, which I found to be quite spot on. It's like, yeah, that's a that's a really good way to put it. He looked like a dude that knew he was going to be out there in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, he wasn't wide-eyed at all. Was right, he? right. It was so. It makes me wonder: is was the key for Adrian Martinez to get out there, take that hit, and realize I need a little bit more time, or is it something more severe? Like, mm-hmm. was that something that Martinez was dealing with? Did they come off a bye for that game? Uh, was that something that Martinez had been dealing with for a while? I'll tell you who was wide-eyed, and that's Mister Rubley. <sighs> That's TJ. For those of you that that listening in the Tulsa area, you know you don't need a refresher on this. But, yeah, that's former University of Tulsa great TJ Rubley's son. That I think the stat line was 0 for 1 with one interception on Saturday against Kansas State or against TCU. I will say it's – here's the struggle that I have whenever we talk about our tiering segment on the show, Josh. My struggle is always, man, how do we then balance 
that Kansas State dominated that game with their backup quarterback for a majority of the first half, if not into halftime. And it really took their second-string quarterback getting hurt as well for for TCU to finally take advantage of it with a 21-point second half while shutting out Kansas State. Like, In other words, I don't know if I come away saying, man, Kansas State is just bad. I mean, they've, they've now – I come away like, okay, maybe, maybe actually they're a little better than I gave them credit for because things just didn't fall apart when they had to go to their second-string quarterback. Oh, yeah, you see that stat line for Rubley? 0 for 1, one interception. Oh, and one carry for zero yards. That's almost – I mean, I'm not even mad. I'm actually kind of impressed that it was able to, to look like that. Uh, so tearing the Big 12 coming up a little bit late. Don't let me forget about it. Don't let me forget about what it. Time, what time do we want to do it? Well, let's go ahead and set the show for you. If you need appointments like, like I usually do, then here's the way the show is going to look. I made this decision during the break. We will tear the Big 12 in our typical 10 a.m. spot. Okay, beautiful. Because that's kind of been a regular for this program. At Then when we're done, about 1020, we'll go in-depth on Iowa State. And we'll hear from their uh, just one of their insiders. And he is actually, I think it's a guy that we've had, I'm pretty sure it's a dude that we've had on this show before, but Jeff Woody will be on with us at 1020 a.m. Then at uh, 10.35 or so, let's play the ease there, the potential for OU to get out early if the Big 12's New Deal. Now, quick answer so you don't have to wait around is no. But the the caveat and the couching to it is is quite interesting. So we'll go through our Andrew Marchant conversation at 10.35 a.m. Beautiful. Which means, Josh – I think right now would be a good time to talk about the mystery. Who, Josh Helmer, who do you think that Reese's Senior Bowl, VP, boss, GM, whatever term you want to use for Jim Nagy, who do you think he had on his list as a surprise player for Oklahoma who could be on their Reese's Senior Bowl list? A surprise guy. A surprise guy. I'm trying to think who who would be in that mix. I, I, I don't know. Okay. It's pretty good because I won't lie, whenever this name popped up, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise based on ability. It was kind of just a surprise because of some of the things that he's gone through. So without any further ado, Yesterday on Big 12 Today, we talked to Jim Nagy and asked him about offensive linemen in the Big 12 that he's keeping an eye on that could be senior bowl invitees. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you touched on two of them. Steve Avila and Trevor Downing's cards are about touching each other on this board right now. Um, Those two guys are are good players. I think Avila played mostly center last year. I think his his better position is guard, which he's playing this year. Um, And then I'd say Wanya Morris. At, at Oklahoma, now you know, guy that was an all freshman SEC guy at, at Tennessee and was a big time recruit, and you see that kind of talent. You know, he started the year and wasn't wasn't playing. Then he gets in the Nebraska game, and if you just grade the flashes, which 
sometimes teams do, man, because if you grade the flashes, it kind of leads you to the guy's ceiling. I mean, he looks like an early-round pick in that Nebraska game. He's coming off the ball and getting out on the move and finishing people and playing with an edge. And um, So there's something to Wanye, too. You know, he, he was a guy that we didn't, we didn't look, a, look at uh, extensively over the summer, but when he came out of the gate against Nebraska, and I can't forget who that next game was, um, again, stay. grading the flashes. He, he looks like an NFL starter if you grade the flashes. So, I don't know if we need to go in-depth in explaining grading the flashes, but in, in grading the flashes for an offensive line, they might not watch your whole tape, but they'll, they'll see those moments where it's like, okay, that's what he's capable of. I think that's what, honestly, I mean, not to get too in-depth, I think that's what happened with Alex Leatherwood and the Raiders. I think they, they graded the flashes, and they got burned. Now, I think it's also the same thing they did with Colton Miller, and they got lucky. You know, they got, they got lucky that he ended up. Ended Being up. more of that. Right, right. Alex Leatherwood, had he been those flashes, great. But does that – I was blown away whenever – I was blown away whenever. And not anything necessarily against Wanye, but – I, I guess I hadn't really thought of him in that way, right? I think Anton Harrison is an NFL guy based on his flashes, but I, I don't know. I guess, I guess it kind of has has led me to maybe reevaluate and dig a little deeper on exactly what Wanye Morris could be. Well, I think you've got yeah, maybe uh, a couple of guys off this offensive line that could uh, could be NFL NFL players. Anton Harrison, we know, has kind of had. Some of that buzz around him. But uh, Wanye Morris is having a nice little season now. Nice little season of production. Chris Murray, we think, has a chance. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You know, it, it was Late. funny because whenever whenever I mentioned, you know, surprise guys, the, the first guest that Drake had was Chris, Chris Murray, and that was kind of my first guest too. Right? It's like, oh, Chris Murray. Yeah, that, that's who I thought was going to be mm. behind door number one here. <laughs> now – there was another guy that we talked about that feels like he's worked his way, not just in I, – I was fighting with someone on Twitter – or I'm sorry, the text line about this the other day because I've heard things about Braden Willis really improving his draft stock. And, of course, all of that starts with an invitation to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely he is. Um, you know, he's, he's a good athlete, and he'll block you. Like, for a guy that's built like an F tight end, more of a – he's built in his games a little more like a pass catcher. Um, he really gets into people. Like, he comes off and puts his face on people and works to, works to sustain blocks. Um, he can do things on the move. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, what we're tinkering right now with is do we bring him as a – you know, would we bring him as a tight end? Would we bring him as a fullback? Um, because we've done that over the years. We're just trying to bring the best players. And, and because there's usually only one or two fullbacks drafted every year um, in the draft, we, and the goal is to get everyone drafted, what we've done with a lot of guys, and, and like down in, in the Big 12 part of the country, uh, Kylan Granson a couple of years ago from SMU, who I think went in the fourth round to the, to, uh, to the Colts. I mean, there's been a lot of guys that we've moved over from tight end to fullback just for the week um, and rep them in the, but they still get their tight end reps as well. And we're, so we're tinkering a little bit of that with uh, with Willis. There you go. Now, interesting. So, in other words, not like a guaranteed invite yet, but I would think right now, if you're looking at a handful of Sooners who are draft eligible, 
Senior Bowl invites sound like they're coming for Wanye Morris. <laughs> they sound like they're coming for Braden Willis. And again, Eric Gray is another guy that he talked about extensively, but I, I had to get out of Steelman's lab before he came in and started cooking for the show today. So I think those are three slam dunks right now that are going to be at the Senior Bowl. Braden Willis got to be at the Senior Bowl, too. Yeah, did I not mention him? Well, I'm, you know, he, the way he was talking was, you know, or you kind of said there, it's uh, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe, right. Yeah, I think there's slam dunks for the Sooners, and I'm sure there's one um, or two that I'm missing. But Wanya Morris, with the way that Jim Nagy talked about him, Eric Gray, and Braden Willis. Those are the three guys right now where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to the Senior Bowl. And I remember before people start, whoop out Marvin Mims. What? There's eligibility, right? You can't. There's a certain year slash. You have to be a senior. Right, and they've kind of adjusted the rules a little bit with, with COVID where it's not just being draft eligible, but if you're, I think it's, I'll have to double check, but I think it's like if you were a fourth-year junior or something, fifth-year junior, you might be able to have eligibility. But those are the three that I think are slam dunks. Deshaun White, we'll see. He might have to kind of go the, what is it, the Shriners Classic or the Shrine? East-West Shriners Classic. East-West Shrine game, kind of work his way up that way. Jalen Redmond, same way. But, yeah, there's a... Probably a little bit of a surprise to see where those who are with the Senior Bowl and how highly they view one Wanye Morris. Pretty impressive. Does he just probably sit around and watch film all day? That's what he said he does. That's awesome. That's what he said he does all way. Very, very cool. All right, quick break. It's 9.38. When we come back, we'll take our first look at the Air Comfort Solutions text line right here on The Ref. You are uh, excited about having a week where you don't have to necessarily – well, you don't get too panicky about the regular season anyway, do you, with the Chiefs? It's all about the postseason. Yeah, no, it's uh, – no, I, I'm disappointed. I wish they were playing this week. I hate bye weeks in the NFL. I hate bye weeks in the NFL. I'll still enjoy kicking back, and, yeah, it'll be nice, I guess, to have a stress-free weekend, but I, I like watching the Chiefs games. I don't really know what to do with myself in bye weeks for my team. A couple weeks ago, I was a little lost. I didn't know what to do. But I'm happy it's now. Get it out of the way. (laughs) Get out of the way, though, in a couple weeks. Like, gosh, I probably need this bye to heal a few guys up. I was fascinated with some of the NFL conversations over the last few days. And it happens every year. I mean, how many times have we tried to retire both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the middle of a season? I feel like it happens often. Those guys, they're just done. They look washed, and then they'll come out and have some incredible game. How often do we fall in love with a team early in the season and, like, elevate them to elite status? All right, a couple of quick Air air Comfort Solutions texts, 405-651-3439. It's the best way to get in touch with the program. Josh and I peruse through them and get into the absolute best. Uh, Someone tweeted or texted at us, uh, Redmond can't come back for his senior year. Okay. I mean, if he's got a chance to go to the NFL, though, I mean. He'll probably he'll go. probably go, bro. I mean, listen, how how many degrees do you want this guy to get? I mean, it feels like he's been around for a while. I think he's, I think he's okay if he decides to move on. Jesse writes, if I'm going to grade the flashes, I would prefer it not be offensive linemen. That's actually pretty funny. But that's just – that's kind of how they view it. I mean, honestly, 
the grade the flashes fits for every position, not just the offensive line. How do you think – I mean, I, I was thinking the other day, there was a defensive lineman that the New York Jets took, and I remember Todd McShay – I want to find it while we're talking about it. Todd McShay said, this guy has the greatest tape I've ever evaluated. He is going to be an instant difference maker. Um, Let's see, where was it? It was, gosh, was it really that long ago? We're having to go back to 2000 and... Is this Russian? And they all fell in... Oh, there it is. It was 2008. Oh, my gosh. Vernon Golston. Dude, Vernon Golston has the greatest. He's in. This guy can dominate the NFL. You you grade the flashes and it burns you. So that was just to me. That was more about just a surprise that Wanye Morris was that highly thought of in NFL ranks. Again, not dissing his play to certain to any certain degree, but it just it kind of surprised me. Whenever they're like, you know, the guy we've really caught a we we've caught eyes on in the Big Twelve is is Wanye Morris. That's to me it that was the big takeaway. Somebody with, you know, obviously his track record going back as a prospect, I think probably gives him not that necessarily it should, but I do think it gives Wanye Morris a little bit of a leg up in terms of the being on folks radars department. It's like you're kind of you've you've been expecting right. Wanye Morris to be a really really good offensive lineman. I guess here's can I just have a very dumb question? How do you know outside of your quarterback not getting sacked that he's not having an incredible year? Not I'm just saying the royal you because you know we're not great in film. I mean some of you go back and rewatch it and maybe you see him miss a block or two, but you know, whenever people are like, oh, he's been terrible. It's like, okay, well, he's given up two or three sacks here. That's fine. But I mean, I don't I don't remember hearing Wanya Morris's name called the last few weeks. And to me, that's a sign of a that's a sign of an offensive lineman who's playing pretty well. Yeah, that's a positive. Right. Usually it means somebody didn't beat you on the edge and get into the backfield and sack the quarterback. Uh, tattooed sooner, right? What's it going to take to get Plank's play-by-play piped into the PA at Marita Hines Field? Well, I don't think you want my play-by-play over the PA. There's... On the concourse would be cool, though. That's all... Oh, what's up, dude? But you know what's interesting to me is I get very envious whenever I see that at other places, right? Whenever I go... Like, for instance, we go to Austin, and at Texas... They have it all piped in, right? You walk around the concourse, and when you're walking around the concourse, you can hear the play-by-play over the concourse. It's just – it's kind of cool. Yeah, the and, new stadium, that needs to be a thing. And they have a, a little knob where you can put your um, – well, I say a little knob. They have an in-stadium frequency where you can listen to it too. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool how they do it. Um, but, yeah, I'm very envious of it. Very envious. Hopefully, that will be. There's not really much in the plans, but there's not really much of a concourse at Marina Hines Field. No, there's not. Maybe for the outfield, it might be kind of cool. Maybe for this year, I'll take a boombox and put it on the party (laughs) patio, and you guys can crank it up. How's that sound? (laughs) Could you imagine how? Seems like three boomboxes would be good. How mad Natalie Davis would be at me? What is that? It's a boombox. What's it for? Play by play. 
Put it out in left and right center field. Just crank it up. It'll be awesome. I'm sure I've got some old speakers in a closet somewhere. Um, <laughs> this was good. Jeff from Norman. I'm a proud 93 Washington grad. I'm not sure if it was documented or not, but in roughly 1985-86, I had one of the best win streaks ever in the Warrior Carnival Cakewalk. Five consecutive wins. I was loaded. Jeff from Norman. Have you ever done a cakewalk before? No, I have not. I hadn't until last year. It's very um, rewarding. You just walk around and grab cake? You walk around and there's like a timer. You know what? I'm not even going to pretend to. I, I, I'll go back through it tonight, but you walk around in a circle, and when it stops, if you land on a square that has like the a certain color, you win. you win the cake. So it's like musical chairs, only you're walking in for cakes. That's kind of how That's I look cool. at it. That's yeah. cool. So does everybody win? No. It's very competitive. It's it's very competitive. Wow. So this is quite a, a run that this gentleman went on. Oh, yeah. that's that's. I mean, I'm sitting here right now pretty impressed. In fact, here we go for the 405. I'm going to dominate playing tonight at the Cakewalk. Already purchased my tickets. <laughs> it might be getting dicey tonight at the old uh, at the old Washington Carnival. You should document this. Take your phone and, I don't know, record a video of just like one of the go-arounds. I try to stay incognito at these events, Josh. I try to not make it too much about, you know, my strategy when it comes to the Cakewalk. That's, uh, we like to go low-key. Make it about the kids. But I'll document and it. And you have way. Halloween brownie that you're bringing? I already dropped it off this morning. I dropped it off this morning. Wow. Yeah, I walked into the school and dropped it off. That's very fun. Yeah, it was a good morning. Now, I should have followed TJ's strategy, but I didn't. All right, listen, we got a break. I saw Greg. He looked like, did you see Greg? Did he's, he in bring, the, he's in the house. Did he bring goodies in this morning? I think so. All right, quick break. We'll talk uh, with Greg Scallion, our man with the Compete Team Barbecue, next right here on The Ref. All right, let's, uh, let's hustle her because our buddy Greg Scallion is in from the Compete Team Barbecue. And uh, brought by cheese, crackers, goodies, your smoked Cheez-Its for everyone. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Hey, good morning, Plank. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, listen, I keep thinking it's a Friday. I'm not going to lie to you. So I just looked out, and I thought, oh, my gosh, we forgot to call um, We forgot to call Lee Sterling. And I realized, oh, it's only Thursday. I love being <laughs> in studio here on a Thursday. How you been, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. Um, really excited. Now, we got about uh, four minutes here before the top of the hour. But you got a big event, grand opening this weekend out at the Stomping Grounds Northwest uh, Expressway. Tell us about it, and it's for a good cause, too, consistently for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a couple things going on. So uh, being the owner of Pitmaster Compete Barbecue Team, uh, starting this Saturday is my grand opening of a booth at the Stomping Grounds on Northwest Expressway. It's an indoor marketplace where I will be selling my smoked cheese, blocks of smoked cheese, uh, smoked Cheez-Its, <clears throat> flavored smoked Cheez-Its, um, apparel, uh, some homemade barbecue sauces, things like that, and and what I've, you know, what I'm doing is, is uh, all of my sales, no matter what I do from here to eternity, uh, a portion of the profits of all of my sales are going to go uh, be donated to the Mac Impact. Um, and for those uh, of you that uh, don't remember or, or know the story of Mackenzie Asher, who befriended Baker Mayfield his Heisman year, she uh, lost her battle with leukemia. Her father, Jason Asher, uh, started the Mac Impact. And what it does is it raises money to help. Uh, kids with terminal illnesses in the state of Oklahoma have their wishes granted. It's a it's a really great organization. Jason and his family are really uh, great people, and I'm I'm happy to help support that cause. So cool. All right. So 
People can find more information on your Facebook page too, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Ooh, TikTok. Compete Barbecue Team. Compete Barbecue Team. And again, this Saturday morning, Stomping Grounds, Northwest Expressway, 10A to 2P. Uh, be there all, and you'll have the game on too, right? Yeah, we'll have the game on. Uh, uh, we didn't know what the, what the kickoff time right. was going to be when I scheduled all this. I'll be there 10 to 2, talking barbecue. Come see me. Uh, uh, and you know we'll go from there. And I got about thirty seconds. You've even fine tuned the cheese at recipe, haven't you? You're talking. I've, I've worked very cheese. hard on the cold smoked cheese. I brought you some today. And yes. and and by the way, if Toby Roland, if you're listening, I, I brought plenty for the trip tomorrow, so you don't go into a sugar coma from the cakewalk tonight. So Let's make go. sure you get some. I, I trust Plank, but no. don't know if it's going to make nah, it to the car tomorrow. It, it might not make it to the car tomorrow. <laughs> the vultures are circling. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate. Hey, it, thank you, Plank. I appreciate your Get it to this weekend. Stomping grounds, Northwest Expressway. Check it out. We'll break. We'll be back with Tier in the Big 12 on the ref.